In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome, dear friends, to Pointing to the Saviour of the World on this fourth Sunday of Ordinary Time, Year B. Nowadays, everywhere we turn, people are competing for our attention. Advertisers, politicians, YouTubers, influencers, celebrities, sellers of all sorts, even religious leaders. We are often torn. We find it difficult to discern what is true and best and most worthwhile for ourselves, what comes from God and what it is from the evil one. The readings this fourth Sunday reassure us and urge us to take comfort in the fact that God is more powerful than anything that may demand our attention or worry us. And that we should give all our undivided attention to God who is our ultimate authority. In today's second reading, Saint Paul, inspired by God, encourages the Corinthians and us to understand the importance of an undivided devotion to God, to care for him above all things, no matter whether we are married or single, so that our whole life is devoted to holiness. In today's first reading, Moses promises the people that the Lord will raise up for them from among their own kin, a prophet who will speak God's own words and to whom the people will listen. In the Gospel, we witness Jesus, Son of God, embodiment of wisdom and truth, grabbing the attention of the people because he spoke with authority. Friends, we are all invited to recognise and submit to the authority of Jesus Christ, the ultimate prophet, the Son of God. May we always listen to, follow his commandments and allow him to free us from the power of sin because he alone has the authority to transform our lives and lead us to eternal life with him. A reading from the book of Deuteronomy. Moses said to the people, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like myself from among yourselves, from your own brothers. To him you must listen. This is what you yourselves asked of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly. Do not let me hear again, you said, the voice of the Lord my God, nor look any longer on this great fire, or I shall die. And the Lord said to me, All they have spoken is well said. I will raise up a prophet like yourself for them, 
from their own brothers. I will put my words into his mouth, and he shall tell them all I command him. The man who does not listen to my words that he speaks in my name shall be held answerable to me for it. But the prophet who presumes to say in my name a thing I have not commanded him to say, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Oh, that today you would listen to his voice, harden not your hearts. Oh, that today you would listen to his voice, harden not your hearts. Come, ring out our joy to the Lord. Hail the rock who saves us. Let us come before him, giving thanks with songs. Let us hail the Lord. Oh, that today you would listen to his voice, harden not your hearts. Come in, let us bow and bend low. Let us kneel before the God who made us. For he is our God, and we the people who belong to his pasture, the flock that is led by his hand. Oh, that today you would listen to his voice, harden not your hearts. Oh, that today you would listen to his voice, harden not your hearts, as at Meribah, as on that day at Massa in the desert, when your fathers put me to the test, when they tried me, though they saw my work. Oh, that today you would listen to his voice, harden not your hearts. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. I would like to see you free from all worry. An unmarried man can devote himself to the Lord's affairs. All he need worry about is pleasing the Lord. But a married man has to bother about the world's affairs and devote himself to pleasing his wife. He is torn two ways. In the same way, an unmarried woman, like a young girl, can devote herself to the Lord's affairs. All she need worry about is being holy in body and spirit. The married woman, on the other hand, has to worry about the world's affairs and devote herself to pleasing her husband. I say this only to help you, not to put a halter round your necks, but simply to make sure that everything is as it should be and that you give your undivided attention to the Lord. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, Alleluia. Blessed are you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for revealing the mysteries of the kingdom to mere children. Alleluia. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory be to you, O Lord. 
Jesus and his disciples went as far as Capernaum, and as soon as the Sabbath came, he went to the synagogue and began to teach. And his teaching made a deep impression on them, because unlike the scribes, he taught them with authority. In their synagogue, just then, there was a man possessed by an unclean spirit, and it shouted, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are the Holy One of God. But Jesus said sharply, Be quiet! Come out of him! And the unclean spirit threw the man into convulsions and with a loud cry went out of him. The people were so astonished that they started asking each other what it all meant. Here it's a teaching that is new, they said, and with authority behind it. He gives orders even to unclean spirits, and they obey him. And his reputation rapidly spread everywhere through all the surrounding Galilean countryside. The Gospel of the Lord Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, nobody likes to be told what to do. Particularly as children, our first struggles take the form of a battle to do what we want, whether it's staying up late, eating more sweets, eating less vegetables, watching more TV than authorised, spending far too long on computer games and so on. We resisted our parents who appear to impose their tyrannical will on us. And even now, as grown-ups, the number of those we have to listen to only seems to increase. In addition to our parents, we are ordered by our bosses, our doctors, our girlfriends, our wives, our older siblings, and you name them. Of course, it is just as likely that as adults, we do our very best not to listen to these people. We at times ignore them and seek ways to do what we want in spite of them. As free and intelligent beings, individuals, we don't obey blindly. We feel as though we can determine whether or not we do what they ask of us and whether this is best for us or not. This attitude, while in many ways universal, is also particular to our own age, to our own time. We are 
witnessing today a great breakdown in society's understanding of authority. The trust we place in those with authority seems to have crumbled. People generally view authority as old-fashioned and tyrannical. People no longer trust once respected authority figures. People look at WebMD to double-check their doctor's prescription or diagnosis. Parents seem to doubt that they should correct their children and even our trust in the church has been shaken as we doubt those in authority top to bottom. But what people fail to recognise is that without authority, true limits, jurisdiction and accountability, everything descends into sheer chaos and even abuse of power. There certainly are some pros and cons to this approach. Though certainly liberating, giving us a chance to plot our own course in life, it is also incredibly burdensome. We sometimes need others who know better than ourselves to help us untangle life's difficulties. This apparent mistrust of those in authority can somewhat complicate matters for us. Today's readings, this fourth Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year B, offer us a chance to revisit our understanding of authority and invite us to recognise Jesus and grant him authority over our lives. These readings reveal that Christ is the true model of authority, the one prophesied by Moses in the first reading, who comes speaking with a new authority. Christ is the trustworthy authority because he knows the truth and he shares it selflessly as demonstrated in the Gospel reading today. The people of Capernaum recognised Jesus, who had come to their synagogue as a teacher and not just another teacher, but a teacher who was very different to the teachers they had grown used to, the scribes, the experts in the Jewish law. His teaching, we are told, made a deep impression on people because unlike the scribes, he taught them with authority. The people in the synagogue exclaimed, Here is a teaching that is new and with authority behind it. Dear friends, Jesus was recognised as someone who taught with authority. The word authority has received a rather negative press in recent times. Various authority figures have been criticised, often with good reason. Yet in Jesus, people experienced an authority that they found attractive, an authority that in the words of the gospel left them so astonished that they started asking each other what it all meant. 
Jesus was recognized as a person of authority because of the word that he spoke and the impact for good of that word on others. Ultimately, his authority was rooted in God, in the spirit of God that descended upon him at his baptism. The first public words he spoke after his baptism were, The kingdom of God is close at hand. Repent and believe in the good news. God's life-giving, liberating power was working through him, and so he was recognized by others as authoritative. The power of God's love working through him gave him that authority which people found so attractive and so new. Let's for a moment think of the authority of a parent or parents. While parents are not omnipotent, their experience and knowledge gives them the obligation to guide their children who are still naive. And they do this not for their own gain, but because they love their children and want what is best for them. It is a parent's responsibility to know better and help their children overcome those desires which will not serve them well. This analogy applies then to any form of authority. When someone parades around as a know-it-all but is incompetent, there will be no trust. Even with knowledge though, it is only of any use if it is offered with love. Our trust in authority weakens when we realize that it was abused to advance some personal cause when our best interest was not in mind. Whether it be police officers, doctors, parents, it is an openness to find the truth and the loving desire to share it which makes any authority trustworthy. It is then that we are seeking to imitate Christ. Friends, from this reflection comes twofold, a twofold message for us all. The importance of trusting the rightful authority and secondly, the responsibility of Christians to be authorities of faith. There are times when we should question authority if we doubt its competence or integrity. Yet, in so many areas, we cannot go it alone. In medicine, for example, we need doctors. Their broad experience often goes far beyond what the internet can tell us. One bad doctor does not mean medicine is useless, and often the challenging diagnosis is the one which we truly need. So too, we must trust the church. Her 2000 history of caring for souls has given her wisdom which we will never acquire in our lifetime. And she has further been invested with a divine authority which does not depend on her members. While individuals may violate this authority, it does not take away the church's credibility as Christ's representative on earth. We should trust that what is asked of us is truly what will make us happy, that as children we are called to be obedient to our mother, the church.
And this is not just a matter of the church hierarchy. All of us as Christians just as equally share in that authority, though in a different way. We are all called to come to know God, to pray and live out our faith with joy, so that others may look to us as masters of living a good and holy life. With this knowledge, dear friends, when we also love others as Christ loves us, we will be true witnesses to the faith. By our own selfless desires to share all the good our faith has brought us, those we encounter will be inspired to trust us and follow. It is when we do not fear to trust God that we can grow and share in the authority of the cross which changes the world. As, in, as individuals, here are some questions to consider. What authority do I give Jesus over my own authority, over my own decisions and choices, and the processes by which I make them? What authority do I give Jesus over whatever possesses me, that is to say, whatever holds me in its grip? What authority do I give Jesus over my weaknesses, my desires, my selfishness, my fears, my laziness, my anxieties, over any of the unhealthy habits that often possess my imaginations, our hearts, our minds and our desires? What authority do we give to Jesus' teachings over our marriages, our family life, how we raise our children? What authority do we give to Jesus' teaching at work and in the world of our finances? What authority do I give Jesus over my ministry? What authority do we give Jesus over our possessions, over how we get what we have? how we use what we have, how we share what we have. As followers of Christ, dear friends, we have our work cut out as we are challenged and we should also constantly challenge ourselves to proclaim the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ by our lives, despite the distractions and attention-seeking from unworthy sources and authorities, we should never give up in our search for God each day of our life, trusting in his authority and the loving help of the one who created us and who has sustained us to the present. The Apostle Paul urges us to give our undivided attention to the Lord. Let us now turn to him in prayer for our needs and the needs of our world. For the church, that our bishops may faithfully proclaim the gospel with authority, making a deep impression on all who hear them. Lord, in your mercy. For the world, that our concerns about money may not distract us from the needs of the poor 
and the underprivileged. Lord, in your mercy. For those parts of our world still in the grip of racial tensions, that there'll be a greater understanding that all people are created as equals and in the image and likeness of God. Lord, in your mercy. For all those in need, that the crippled, the blind, the homeless, the mentally ill and the aged will always be treated with dignity and respect. Lord, in your mercy. For our own communities, that as disciples united in communion with Christ, we may also be one in witness, service and mission. Lord, in your mercy. For all who are sick or suffering in any way, that they will be comforted and strengthened by the knowledge of God's love. Lord, in your mercy. For all those who have died, especially Joseph Patrick, and all our loved ones, and all those whose anniversaries occur around this time, that they may enjoy eternal rest in heaven. Lord, in your mercy, for our own personal intentions and the intentions of those who have asked us to pray for them, we now pray in a moment of silence. We ask Mary, our mother, to intercede for us as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Gracious God, we ask you to hear our prayers and grant that we may draw closer to you each day as our ultimate authority. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord bless us and keep us from all evil and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Let us continue to bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, dear friends, for joining me today to listen to the word of God and to pray. Please like, share and subscribe to our YouTube channels, please, to support our endeavours. If you've not already done so, please have a blessed fourth Sunday of Ordinary Time, Year B. We finish our prayers like we began in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>